guys. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm so excited to be joined by my co-host, Kelsey Trainer. Hey, Meredith. How's it going? So great. We're recording in the middle of the day, which is kind of weird for us. This is new for us. We're, we're early risers uh, normally, but um, we've got we've got a lot on deck today, and we're kicking um, some we're kicking things off with some exciting news from the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl. So, as we know, this past week marked one year since Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd. We recognize how far we still have to go to end systematic racism in the U.S. Um, and you know, something that has been a, a winning step along the way is the fact that the Senior Bowl has expanded to host an inaugural HBCU combine starting in 2020. This is something that has not existed in the past. Um, and I think it was stemmed from uh, no players from HBCUs were taken in the 2020 draft. Um, so that's obviously a, a staggering uh number of zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. So, uh, the reason for this expansion, uh, starting in 2022 for the combine. So when you look at HBCU or players who have come from HBCUs, the list is pretty amazing. Um, you have the late Steve McNair, Robert Mathis, Michael Strahan, um, Shannon Sharp, Walter Payton, and Jerry Rice, uh, as just a few of the players who went to HBCUs. But, um, as you mentioned, Kelsey, zero players were drafted in the 2021 draft and just one came out of HBCUs in the 2020 draft. Um, so clear indication um, from the organizers of the Senior Bowl and the NFL that this was a problem that these players were being underrepresented. And they are players who, as we talked about, you know, last week with like sponsorship and like investment, these are players who, you know, they're players who are good and who can be good at an NFL level and literally just aren't getting the opportunity um, so very cool that we're seeing this expansion. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like, you know, with anything else, it's like there needs to be an active concerted effort to make sure that these players who are talented and have the skill set to succeed and thrive um, are, are given those opportunities. And that's exactly what this is. It is that active concerted effort to make sure that these players uh, from HBCUs are being showcased. Um, and it's just like, you know, kind of like we said in the intro, it's just a very small step of, you know, something that can be done to just help with the just systematic, you know, racism or microaggressions um, that are ingrained um, just in our everyday in society and society and, and the quote unquote norm of how things are done. Um, so I was really uh, thrilled to see this and I want to see, you know, more of this. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, it's, we continue with those steps in the right direction. Yeah. And there's going to be even more. So we mentioned the combine starting in January, 2022. We will also have the HBCU legacy bowl, um, featuring top prospects from HBCUs, uh, which is going to be played, I believe, starting March, 2022. Um, so that was some exciting news. Uh, coming up, we have some other news that, frankly, Kelsey and I don't really know how to feel about. Um, so that's coming up after the break. So stay with us. All 
All right. Well, welcome back. Um, like Meredith said uh, before the break, um, there's some some news that that has come out that we, we don't really know uh, how to feel about. Um, but just a bit of background. Um, women's golf, uh, specifically collegiate women's golf. Um, last week, the NCAA controversially canceled the Division One Women's Golf Championship Regional in Louisiana without a single shot being played. I think the reasoning was that there was rain, I think it was like seven inches of rain, um, and it was deemed playable but not quote-unquote championship level. Um, so that had, in wake of everything that's been happening with the NCAA, um, especially in women's sports, the NCAA tournament, um, you know, I think we had issues with women's uh, softball recently. Um, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, and so that's just a bit of background. Um, and then leading it into the part that, you know, we don't really know how to feel about um, is uh, Barstool Sports ended up um, doing something. They hosted a, um, a tournament with a lot of these NCAA players and teams in, in lieu of the NCAA championship. Um, now the reason we don't really know how to feel about it is listen, balls, bar stores, barstool sports is known for its misogyny and racism. And the platform has been built on, you know, those types of stories. Um, and I think <laughs> Meredith, you even noted, uh, where the Dave Portney, the founder of Bold Barstool, told Sam Ponder that she should, quote, sex it up and be slutty. Um, and that's just one of the things that <laughs> among the, the, the many that, that Barstool has been built on. Um, so while this is something that like, great, like I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for the, the women of the NCAA and, and golf. I'm thrilled for them to be able to have a, an ability to play golf. And to finish out the season, whether or not it's an NCAA championship or not. Um, but the lack of accountability for people involved with um, having barstool sports be involved and, and what their platform is built on is just something like I cannot personally get behind. Um, so, so Meredith, I'd love to kind of know your thoughts on it. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it's What's just kind of sad is that the NCAA messed this up so royally that Barstool looks like the hero. Right. Like, yeah. Like how, <laughs> how, how, how bad is it at the NCAA for women that Barstool seems like a savior in this particular instance in terms of saving the tournament and to your point, allowing these seniors to finish out their season, allowing, you know, a lot of players who were supposed to have an opportunity to compete, to have that capstone tournament to their season. But yeah, as you mentioned, that's a great point. I mean, Barstool yeah. has been pretty open with their misogyny and the NCAA has been pretty closed with their misogyny, but doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, clearly we know it um, it's ingrained and it's systematic in there and that, um, you know, there's example after example of the NCAA, um, not, putting a value and having any respect for women's sports when they're quite literally like bound to it uh, legally. I mean, they're not, they're not subject to title nine. The NCAA is not subject to title nine, but all of the member institutions are. Um, so it's just, it, it's kind of mind, mind boggling. Like you said, that barstool kind of comes away looking like, a, looking like the, the good guy in this scenario. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the bottom line, if we're going to put a nice bow on this, is that 
hopefully this is the first example of Barstool changing its tune and starting to more generally and broadly support women's sports and maybe eliminating some of this misogyny that we've seen from their platform in previous years. Yeah, I think that's the key is is really answering for the fact that the platform has been built on just this misogyny um, and not sweeping that under the rug and, and expecting because they show up now for a thing or two that they should be praised for it. Um, you know, that's not really how it works. Um, and so, again, I'm thrilled for the players um, because the NCAA, I mean, what they've done and, and how they handled that whole scenario was just not um, it wasn't okay, but I, I'm not I'm not ready to sit here and uh, and praise barstool sports anytime soon. Nope. Um, well, uh, we do have a win that I think we can all be excited to celebrate this week. Nina King was promoted last week as Duke's next next athletic director. She is just the third black woman to lead a power five athletic athletic department. Um, the others are Carla Williams at the University of Virginia and Candace Story Lee at Vanderbilt. Um, Nina King is also the first woman to lead Duke's athletic department. So um, pretty, again, exciting news about women having new opportunities, breaking glass ceilings, um, and obviously leading such a high profile athletic department um, in the ACC. I mean, her resume is like... Isn't it bananas? Standing, right? She went to law school. She has worked. Um, she was Duke's COO. She oversaw legal affairs, human resources, strategic planning. She chaired the Division One Women's Basketball Committee last season. She teaches courses at Duke, um, and then some. I mean, it's just her. Her resume is outstanding. Um, they could not have gotten a better leader in general, and not only that, but she's just been ingrained um, in the in the atmosphere at Duke for, for so long. So I think it's a great, it's a great hire. Um, I love just to see the hiring of more black women and you have that with Duke, especially Kara Lawson is the, the new head coach, um, for Duke women's basketball, which is fantastic. And, you know, I think we're seeing again, back to like steps in the right direction. Um, you know, how many black women have historically held this role? And I, I want to say, you know, shout out to the the black women who have been trailblazing in this area. You know, Dawn Staley at South Carolina, um, Vivian Stringer at um, at Rutgers, and, and and then some. Right? I mean, they have been given the opportunity that not many black women have been given. And I mean, they'll they'll tell you like where men can, white men can, can kind of continue to, to hold those jobs and fail and then get another one. It's not the same for black women. Like they have to succeed in order to continue on. Um, and that's, you know, a a whole other topic of discussion for, for the differences in the balance of power. But, um, I mean, her resume is just outstanding. Um, I think coach K said, um, that she's represented the Duke Department of Athletics with distinction, both internally and externally, including many roles on the national stage. Uh, and the national stage presence is important in their school's leadership position because it's an ever-changing college sports environment. I just love what I, I love this hiring, to, to be honest. Um, it, it's something that I'm really excited about. When I saw that announcement, I was like, let's go. I, I was ready yes. for it. Right. And, you know, to your point about her resume and like, 
we should not have to justify women or black women or anyone in this regard, but like her resume is probably better than many of the athletic director hires that we've seen at other major schools. Um, and to that end, like she was a finalist at Northwestern, um, just if <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long ago before their athletic director of like 10 days got canned, um, or resigned, excuse me. Um, but you know, she is such a strong candidate that no one can argue against her. No one can say that she was only hired because she was black or because she's a woman. She stands really on her own. And the fact that I want to describe this as such an undramatic transfer to her being the athletic director, like the current athletic director is retiring after 13 years. Like she has come up through the program and now she is getting this role that is so well-deserved. And I just think it's such a story that, you know, you really can't say anything bad about it or the hire or her personally. And I think that's really cool. I love it. I'm stoked. I mean, I've always loved Carolina blue as a color, um, but uh, maybe I'll have to, uh, you know, be a big bit bigger fan of uh, that uh, blue devil blue uh, this, this, <laughs> this year and then in the coming years. We'll um, see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's all we have for today. But before we end the show, uh, Kelsey, do you have any shout outs? Ooh, who are my shout outs this week? Um, I want to give a shout out to a woman in sport, uh, Lauren Jackson, uh, the Australian um, WNBA. She's now retired. Uh, she is a uh, multi-time WNBA champion, Olympian, et cetera. And she was just received her induction or her nomination into the um, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So she is the first Australian to ever be uh, inducted into it. And I, she also just happens to be somebody that I get to host, co-host a, uh, a podcast with. Uh, w, WNBA all-time great, Lauren Jackson of the Seattle Storm. So major, major shout out to her. You know, this week we did, as you mentioned previously, we marked one year since the murder of George Floyd. So I do just want to give a shout out to all of the folks who are continuing and have continued throughout the last year to uh, fight against systemic racism in our nation. And, you know, we, we need to remember uh, that the fight is not over. And, you know, we have this long weekend. Maybe we can all take some time to uh, think about ways that we can continue this fight as individuals. that's all we have for today as a reminder you can follow kelsey on twitter at ktrain underscore 11 me at meredith hine and the site at lane grit 33 we'll talk to you soon thanks again for listening to play like a girl and as always go bucks go bucks